Broadcasting from Manhattan Beach and the World Wide Web, you're listening to CHSR, HealthyLife.net. As a service to our listeners, this program is for general information and entertainment purposes only. CHSRHealthyLife.net does not recommend, endorse, or object to the views, products, or topics expressed or discussed by show hosts or their guests. We suggest you always consult with your own personal, medical, financial, or legal advisor. Welcome to the program, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. You've reached me on You're back again. We're so glad to have you here. If this is your first time, I'm Marianne Camarado, and uh, I believe great relationships begin within. I say it all the time, and uh, that's what we do here. We invite folks to get inspired, to deepen their practice, to cultivate awareness uh, during this really challenging time on the planet it seems like for so many of us um an hour a week we do it together right here on healthylife.net radio um yeah it's a a beautiful way to put only good things in your mind right 24 hours a day seven days a week this network is available for you to tap into programming just like this so we're glad you're here we start, generally speaking, uh, at the beginning of every program with an audible breath, finding our breath and our body connecting to ourselves so we can get present, so we can receive the presence that Bernie Siegel has for us today. He's coming back to share with us his new book. We're super excited about it, Love, Animals, and Miracles. So we're going to be talking with Bernie this hour. But let's get present so we can really open up and receive the gifts that he has to share with us. Just noticing where your breath is in your body, making that mind, body, spirit, soul connection, letting it all sink in. You don't have to do anything about it. Is your breath up in your shoulders, maybe in your chest? Just noticing where it is. And then deepening it. Yeah, just intentionally maybe adding a little deeper breath. Wiggling your toes. If you're driving, you can just wiggle your nose, wherever you find yourself right now, bringing your attention, cultivating your awareness. And uh, as we do that, we're going to move towards our second part of our practice, what we do together all the time here at Marianne Live, and that's finding our portal of gratitude. Uh, these are times on the planet where this might not be an easy thing to do, but it feels necessary as part of my practice to cultivate a particular perspective so I can treat myself well, so I can be of service, et cetera, et cetera. And for those of you who are like, yeah, 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 let's just get to the gratitude, <laughs> rock on. Find your portal and, and make your way through it. For the rest of you, I'd like to offer the prompt, who made it possible for you to do what you're doing right now? That's one way to make our way out of whatever we are constricted by or challenged by or whatever stress we're feeling, just pause for a moment and give some thought to who made it possible for you to listen to this electronic device, right? The tens of hundreds and maybe even thousands of people who made that possible. Or what about the food that you're going to eat or ate? The tens 
hundreds of thousands of folks who made that possible. And just taking a moment and appreciating, uh, yeah, all of that that goes into that. And who made it possible for Bernie Siegel to write his book and the paper and the beautiful cover? And, oh, my God, we're going to ask him about that. Because we know he's a guy who practices gratitude. Uh, we're so grateful to have him on the program this hour. I'm going to be introducing Bernie Siegel to you in just a minute here. Uh, before we do, we're going to go down our quick list of folks who make this program possible, starting with our honorary sponsor, OneWorldChildrensFund.org, if you're online. Um, they are uniting people to improve the lives of children affected by poverty, the national level, the National Action Organization, helping change the way our culture values each other. They make this program possible. 100% of the proceeds goes to programming just like this. And at the local level, the Open Secret Bookstore in San Rafael, California, they've got the latest in meditation and revelation. We like bookstores. We like to touch books. Yeah, some of you are groaning like, yeah, I like my Kindle. Well, that's awesome, too. doesn't matter. However you're doing it, connecting, uh, you can always check out a, a bookstore every once in a while and uh, see what it feels like to troll around. Okay. We're breathing in and out. We're sitting centered and grateful. Let me talk to you a little bit about Bernie Siegel. Uh, he's very well-loved. He's a prolific writer, a doctor, and uh, I'll tell you, he has long observed how relationships with animals have helped his patients, alleviating their suffering and heartbreak. And now he's gathered a bunch of inspiring true stories, including delightful tales from the Siegel Family Zoo, which we're going to ask him about. It's very funny. Where squawks, purrs, chirps, squeaks, barks, etc. fill his house and have filled his house. He talks about how they reveal themselves as teachers and messengers, doctors and nurses, healers and miracle workers, and clowns even. Watching them, we can see how to be non-judgmental and live better, healthier lives. If you have an animal and appreciation for the inspirational or simply need a smile, you'll treasure his stories and his source of love, wisdom, and miracles. He's joining us right now, right there on Marianne Life. Welcome to the program, Bernie. Glad to have you back. Thank you. You know, as you were describing so many things, I just kept thinking that the animals are living that and don't need all the advice that you're giving people. You know, we get into our heads and we think too much. I mean, yeah, it's not bad to have a mind, <laughs> but when you spend it thinking, then it distorts everything, you know, because it's what I call the turbulence. The pond isn't still anymore. You don't see the truth reflected because you're busy in your head. And I have to share this with you. It was in another book I wrote called 365 Prescriptions for the Soul. I keep rereading it because I'm often amazed at well, what I wrote. So it's like, <laughs> wow, how did you, you know. And one, one topic, because it's, it's like you read one a day, was called Sled Dog. And Lao Tzu said, the journey is your goal and your work is your path. And it goes on to describe literally sled dogs and that the lead dog has to make all the decisions. Do you run over the ice? Do you take a path? You know, where are the risks? Um, and it ends with this that I would tell people to do. What kind of dog would you want as your lead dog and what would you name it? Now give that image to your heart and call it by its new name. When the two of you are journeying together through new territory and emotions, remember to let your heart dog lead. Oh, and it also that. says, remember, dogs like treats and long walks. So, <laughs> you know, it's, again, not just 
into the thinking, but get, yeah, let your heart make up your mind. Like let that. it be your lead. Yeah, some people say that the heart is the true center of intelligence, and I oh, feel like yeah. what you're saying really affirms that. I mean, we don't discuss so much um, about what the heart is capable of. I mean, in terms of its physiology, anatomy, I mean, there's so many things in the heart as part of it. Uh, you know, we think of it as a pump and what's going on, but it does a hell of a lot more than that in the human body. Yeah. And, uh, you know, all the expressions we use, you're breaking my heart uh, and, and more, mm -hmm. and uh, to focus on that and pay attention to those words. Yeah. So whatever is breaking up your life, repair it. Exactly. You know, it's funny, researchers are on the bandwagon uh, the last decade around the heart and its intelligence, and, and now I think even the DSM is going to include heartbreak as a new um, uh, diagnosis that you, and you can yeah. actually quantify a broken heart physiologically. Right. Crazy, right? Okay, before yeah. we move on, your new book, Love, Animals, and Miracles, we're so excited to talk about this book. Let's give folks a little context uh, for the folks who don't uh, know you so well, Bernie, where you came up, how you came up through Western medicine and oncology and so yeah. forth. I think what changed me, literally, was the fact that we were not trained, and still most doctors aren't, trained to care for people. The sentence that says it well, doctors are trained to treat the result, not the cause. So you come in with a disease, okay, here's a pill, you need an operation, yeah, here's an ad from the New England Journal of Medicine years ago, because I wrote to them to tell them you need to change it. It said, I'm depressed, unable to cope. I went to see my physician. He prescribed antidepressant. I feel better now. And I wrote to the company and to the journal. I said, excuse me, don't you think the doctor should have said, what's going on in your life? <laughs> you know, I said, can you put one more sentence in so they canceled the ad? Um, rather than change that. And that's the craziness of medicine. Yeah. And, and a patient, when I was struggling with the fact that I became a doctor for what I call healthy reasons, I cared about people. Mm -hmm. And then I realized you're not trying to take care of people. So I went to workshops and met my patients there. And one young woman with breast cancer said to me, you're a nice guy, I feel better when I'm in the office with you, but I can't take you home with me, so I need to know how to live between offices. <laughs> and that's what changed me, you know, starting to help people live. And I may say, you realize the animals, yeah, I have a story called Buddy's Candle for, for people who have lost a loved one. And when I say a loved one, it could be your pet or a person in the family. But, you know, there's a boy and he adopts a dog and they both have cancer. But the kid says to his parents, look at the dog. He's having a nice day. Why don't we learn something from him? And here's a true story from someone who has, in my new book, Love, Animals, and Miracles. Not that particular story, but others. Um, she wrote a book called Animals as Teachers and Healers. Um, and what happens? She learns she has cancer. Her boyfriend can't deal with it, so he takes off. So she's now alone, depressed, and going to be dead in a year. A cat walks across the front porch, and she begins to feed it and finally lets it in the house because she wants some company. But she realizes, hey, if I'm going to be undergoing cancer therapy, i got to have a healthy cat in the house. So she takes it to the vet. What's the cat diagnosed with? 
feline leukemia. So she goes home now totally depressed. The two of us will be dead in a year. But she said, I noticed something crazy. The cat wasn't depressed. It was running around the house, leaping, having a wonderful day. And she thought, maybe the cat knows something I don't know. To make a long story short, the cat lived 12 years, and Sue is still alive today, and, you know, married and all. But I think she very likely could have curled up and died if that cat didn't change her perspective. Um, You know, your last book, uh, which so many of us loved um, and are still loving, as a matter of fact, anytime anybody I know gets ill, that's the first thing that I give either a loved one, if not to them directly. The the title of that, remind me, um, just popped out of my head. What, The Art of Healing, you mean? Yeah. Yes. And um, the the stories about people, wait, was it The Art of Healing? No, it was the one where the stories of people who had survived cancer. Faith, uh, hope, and healing? That's right. Faith, okay. hope, and healing. Sorry. So faith, hope, and healing, what you, you brought forward was, you know, people who feel loved, it seemed that was the one thing that you gleaned from all the people that actually survived illness right. and so forth. And now you're taking this theme, love, and heart, and you're bringing it forward in your new book. Tell us a little bit about this, because, you know, coming from a Western doc, allopathic medicine, talking about loving, all that stuff, you know, it's not like it's a new concept, but, but this is a, a kind of a big leap. But what, in your experience, it's the thing that heals, right? Yeah, it's about relationships, because people have to realize our chemistry in our body is created by our relationships, by our life. I always say Monday morning we have more heart attacks, strokes, suicides, and illnesses. Your dog doesn't have trouble on Monday, and your kids don't, you know. I mean, they may not be happy about going to school, but it's interesting. The kids and the pets have more trouble on Saturday and Sunday when they're running around (laughs) raising hell and getting exhausted, see. But they're emotionally okay. And literally, in one study done in Australia, this doctor followed people after a heart attack. He said at 12 months, If there was a dog in the house, there was a 6% mortality rate. If there was no dog in the house, there was a 24% mortality rate. Wow. And I always say, see, the trouble with doctors is they'll say, well, if he wasn't exercising, the dog would growl at him. No, it's not that the dog becomes your therapist. It's that your body chemistry is changed when you pet your dog. And, yeah, you know, it may be healthier to take more walks, but it's, again, about the relationship. Not that somebody's yelling at you or telling you what to do. Right, exactly. Yeah, and it's a connection. I always say it's choosing life. And what I mean by that is you choose a life that's life-enhancing for you and everyone else on the planet. That's when wonderful things that you can call coincidences, miracles, I don't care what you label them, but it's not an accident when they happen because of how they're living. And I have to add, I mean, some of the stories that are in the book, we had a dog uh, named uh, Nikki, and um, or was it Oscar? I mean, we had so many dogs, but um, <laughs> but because um, it was a number of years ago, he developed a malignant melanoma, and I took him, you know, to the vet, and we were treating him. And the vet said to me one day, Bernie, I have never seen a dog this sick recover. We should just put him to sleep while you're here. I said, Whoa, gotta tell our kids. You have five kids. I said, let me call home and tell them. So I called home. I said, we're putting Oscar to sleep. What do I get over the phone? No. I said, what do you mean no? You don't put your patients to sleep. You're not putting Oscar to sleep. 
So I said to the vet, I got to bring him home. And he thought I was nuts, but I brought the dog home. And what did I do? I loved him. I lived my sermon. I would sit with him and share meals with him. I mean that literally. And even my vitamin pills and supplements, I'd give him a few. I'd take a few. And I would massage him and pet him. And he was lying there on the floor, you know. And I noticed after a few days, hey, he's standing up. And a few more days, he's walking around the house. So I said, well, you might as well let him out with the other dogs. He lived for three years with no sign of cancer, which blew the vet's mind. Um, but also, it took me years to realize uh, from books like The Energy Cure that there is an energy, you know, that I'm changing him when he receives all that love. Mm-hmm. And he manifested it. Mm-hmm. And uh, that impressed me, you know, to, to see years later things being written about how, again, the massage, the touch, the love, what a difference they make, whether it's a newborn baby or a puppy, uh, you know, or a kitten. Uh, it changes you. And uh, those are the things that I realized. And I realized something more about our children because they grew up with a reverence for life. I mean, think of all the headlines we read about, you know, how kids uh, locally, one boy killed a girl in the high school because she wouldn't go to the prom with him. You know, walking in with guns and killing people. Well, one of our kids is in law enforcement, FBI. And when we were at his graduation, they showed a film about their training. And one of the things they were asked is, are you capable of killing someone? And you have to say yes if you're going to, part. you know. Mm-hmm. And I thought, wow, that doesn't feel good. I mean, I had to think about that, that your child says that. Mm-hmm. But I realized it's a different perspective. You know, when he answers it, mm-hmm. he's thinking of defending and saving lives. Mm-hmm. And then I got an email from him not too long ago. It said, Dad, um, I were at a class, and at the break, I went out for a walk, and I saw a turtle in the street. He's down in Virginia. Um, and he has a sense of humor, too. He said, it must have been a male who refused to ask directions. <laughs> but um, he said, I picked it up, and I spent half an hour to find a pond where I released it. Now, I don't worry about him, if you know what I mean, having a gun. If he spends half an hour to save a turtle's life, I mean, yeah, that is a message that says he's coming from his heart, and he's here with a reverence for life and not to destroy it. And even one of our daughters, well, our only daughter, um, she had a, um, a snapping turtle that used to come over out of a pond onto her property, lay eggs every year. And uh, this last spring, she found the turtle dead on the road. And she emailed me and said, Dad, you think I can cut it open and save all the eggs? And I wow. said, yeah, go ahead. And she did. And, you know, put them all in the earth to hatch. And, I mean, that's the kind of thing, you know, they, they are so attached to life that they're going to help everybody around them not hurt anybody. And yet, if we don't grow up with that love and that, you know, all those relationships, then you think of what it does to people. Yep. Because yeah, uh, even, even the government is thinking of making animal abuse uh, a Class A felony because they also realize that the people who abuse animals 
people that's as right. well. That's right. We know that. When we come back after the break, Dr. Bernie Siegel joining us. His new book is out. Yay. Love, Animals, and Miracles. We're going to talk with him about his own Siegel Zoo, uh, what it was like, uh, giving us a little peek into his uh, earlier years with his kids and uh, what inspired him to write his new book, More Stories and the Light, coming up right after these messages. Don't go away. I don't want to date anymore. What? Did you break up again? You said he's perfect. Well, I don't blame you. My last date lasted two minutes at a speed dating event. Are you still looking for the one? There are millions of singles looking for soulmates. Actually, drama-free love. Worry no more. Nine international relationship experts collaborated to bring you secrets to drama-free love. Proven solutions that singles use to help them find, catch, and keep the right relationship. Get your copy of Secrets to Drama-Free Love at Amazon.com now. We've ordered No No More More Love Love Life Life Drama Drama for us. Hi, everybody. I'm relationship expert and radio talk show host Marianne Camarado. And I'm David Raynaud. We want to talk to you for a minute about the changing world of dating and relationships and how self-inquiry can help. I mean, did you know that 44% of the U.S. population is single and over 50% end in divorce? Yet, we spend an average of one-third of our lives trying to find a great relationship or get help with the ones we already have. Yep, that's exactly why we created the first ever of its kind, the Great Relationships Begin Within Self-Inquiry Divination Deck, because we know what it takes to attract and create a healthy, fulfilling, sustainable relationship. And it's really simple. Sit quietly, close your eyes, turn your attention inward, and draw a card. You can go online right now and get a free reading on Marianne Live and try out the cards. And for under $20, what better way to give yourself a gift of your own attention? We wish you every blessing. We'll see you next time. Check out MarianneLive.com. Okay, so you have a couple of days off, and you're planning to get away from stress. You may be planning to go across the world or even taking a staycation around town. Well, Hotels.com can get you a room in over 158,000 hotels, 60 countries, for 50% off. That's reducing stress already. Plus, collect 10 nights, and you'll get one night free. And there's no cancellation charges, no change fees. For the best deals, even last-minute deals, visit HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click on Hotels.com. Music, information, and friends. HealthyLife.net. Oh, yeah, everybody. You're in the right place. Dr. Bernie Siegel is in the house. We were just talking during the break. He's like, I never give up. Healing is possible. We can repair in ourselves. We can keep loving, touching. We've got to keep at it, people, because it's possible. So, yeah, let's let's catch people up. Uh, before the break, uh, Dr. Bernie Siegel was telling us a little bit about uh, the history of how he came through as a medical doctor, Western guy, and then started suspecting some kind of energy is going on here, uh, healing energy. It has to do with love, right. connection, and all that, and... And now I would love it if you could turn, let's turn our attention a little bit backwards. You, you were telling some stories about your, your kids and the, and the, you know, the living in the house with you guys. Uh, that inspired this book. Tell us a little bit about the Secret yeah, Zoo. 
you know, that I always make sure people understand. We're living on an acre and a half. You know, we don't have a farm. But I put fences up in the yard, and if you have five kids, you got a crew. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, so there were fences outside that held goats, ducks, and geese. Um, in the house, we had kiddie pools with, you know, various turtles and other things living in them with artificial sunlight, you know, the lamps that are like sun. Uh, vets used to give us creatures that nobody wanted anymore, you know, exotic pets. I mean, one was called the Kinkajou, which is like a cross between a monkey and a raccoon. And they were nocturnal. You know, they wander at night. I had a cage at night because if it got away, <laughs> the only way you'd catch it is walk around the house with a banana. And then you'd see its head come sticking out of the rafters or something because, oh, boy, it smelled the banana. But we had squirrels. We had injured birds, snakes. Uh, I mean, some of it was humor because the one daughter... Um, it seemed like the snake always went to her room, which scared the wits out of her. And it would hide under her. And these those days, it was a typewriter. Would sleep under the typewriter. So she'd come home, do homework, pull the cover off, and you'd hear a scream. And you knew, oh, the snake's in Carolyn's room. <laughs> um, oh, and I have to add this: that the boys would put a rubber snake at her door. So whenever she got up in the morning, she'd think it was a snake and scream. But eventually she realized, oh, it's rubber. So she'd pick it up and throw it, you know, in their room. And one day the snake was again missing. It was called Monty Python. It was a python. And she thought, oh, and rubber snake. And she picked it up and it was the real snake. And then we heard the scream and everybody knew the snake's at Carolyn's room. So she found it. But, oh you know, these are the funny things that went on. But it taught them what I call the reverence for life. I've been picking up worms after the rain, you know, when you see it in the street for years. And I figured you're neurotic, you know. And I'll get into why I think I was, if you want to call it, neurotic. But then I read writings by Schweitzer, <clears throat> Albert Schweitzer, and he said, if you go out after a rain <clears throat> and you see worms in the street, pick them up and return them to the earth. And if you see an insect in a puddle, give it a leaf to climb up on and that's what our kids were like. I mean, if they'd see me raise my hand to swat something, they'd say, Dad, stop. Open the door. Let it out. And, boy, that impressed me. And they're still living that life. I mean, all of them have creatures in and around their home, um, you know, that they're caring for and loving. And I may add that all the eggs that were hatched were hatched in incubators in wow. our home. Wow. So... Everything would hatch and then look up, and who was the parents? Our kids who were standing there. Mm -hmm. So everything in the house assumed our children were their parents. Mm -hmm. So they'd follow them everywhere, go everywhere. And I'm talking about also mice, gerbils, guinea pigs, you name it. They were running all over the house mm -hmm. and were family. Everybody had a name, too. Um, but the ducks and geese impressed me because... They, when the school bus came, they would go to get on the bus with our children. And the bus drivers learned and didn't complain. They were nice. I mean, they didn't let them on. But everybody got a kick out of it because they realized, hey, they want to go with the kids. They bring right. their family. That's and what funny. impressed me, again, the connection that that meant. Mm. My parents lived on a, a, house, a house next to a lake, a lovely spot. So when we were over 
run with ducks and geese, I would take them down and release them there. And when we, the first time I did it, my mother called me and said, I have a question the neighbors want an answer to. I said, what is it? Why do the ducks and geese come out of the lake and all the way up to the road every time a school bus pulls up? And that touched my heart, you know, because I really felt bad for them. They were missing their their siblings, you know, their family, and they were hoping they'll get off the bus. But it just shows you how connected we are. And let me, it's hard for me once I start telling another story that I want to share with you because it it really touched my heart. Um, I know this family, and their daughter, I mean, there were three daughters, the wife, a, a cat that was a female, and the husband. And the one daughter decided she wanted to get a male, you know, to, to be a companion for her father. So she went down to a breeder, uh, breeding poodles, and picked out a dog. But the breeder said, I'm sorry, that dog has already been chosen. You know, it's like the pick of the litter. Yeah. So she was there that day to have the, the other, their other pets, the cats, bathed. Um, so she just went home. A year or so after that day, the daughter was murdered. And the family was just torn to shreds. They knew that she had wanted to get a dog, you know, for the dad. And after a while they thought, you know, let's get a dog. It'll help heal us, you know, and connect us with mm-hmm. her. So they went down to the same breeder. And they said, we walked in and the place was just filled with poodles running all over. And the breeder gave them a signal and they all stopped, except for one dog. This black dog ran over, jumped into the husband's lap, put his paws up on his shoulders, and she said, and they both started crying. And then the breeder said, that's the dog your daughter picked out a couple of years ago. Oh, my God. The people brought it back because they couldn't manage, you know, to keep it due to their living circumstances. Wow. And so they took it home. That's amazing. Yeah. And you'd say, how does that happen? But those are the stories that break your heart but also help you to heal. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, that's what your book is filled with, stories about love, animals, and miracles. If you're just joining us on the Arian Live, Dr. Bernie Siegel is here. Yeah, you can get a copy right now online. Uh, Dr. Bernie, look, the thing is you've seen so much suffering and yet so many miracles over your lifetime. And the proof is in the pudding here. Animals help us heal. Now, you've shared with us some stories about your own pet having cancer, um, coming in and and feeding him and him being laid out and watching the miracle right before your eyes. Let's talk a little bit about that connection between humans and animals so we can kind of understand what's going on. You've alluded to it, but tell us, break it down for us. At two levels. Because it's not only communicating with those who have died, but those who are alive. Let me start with one that impressed me. A dog named Duke died on Father's Day. And people said, well, he chose that because now you can't forget him. You know, it's a special day and you'll remember. And I built a cairn. I mean, it's a monument of stone for all our pets. And everyone has um, a special burial site in our yard and, you know, with... So I know who's where, and I keep talking to them all the time. But with Duke, I was picking up a rock every day and putting it on his grave to make it bigger and bigger. 
And one morning I heard him say to me, why don't you bring me a flower? And there was such a shift in my heart. Because think of how you feel going out every day to pick up a rock and bring it to his grave. And then let me go find a flower. Mm. Let me bring him something beautiful. Mm. And it, it just was such a transformation in me and my heart, you know, to have that happen. Um, and so there are stories I read where I burst out crying yeah. because of things that have happened to pets, you know, and, and that we've done to them. And I think that, and I mean this literally, whether people think I'm nuts or not isn't my problem, but I, I really felt in a past life I was a knight, Irish, by the way, and I killed with a sword, and that people and animals. Um, and that that was why I became a surgeon, mm. a cure with a knife. Mm. And that was why I felt I was always rescuing, you know, creatures. Mm -hmm. It's almost like making up for the past and what yeah. I've learned from all the pain I inflicted. Mm. And uh, due to lack of faith and a whole host of other things, mm. you know, I... But when your love is what motivates you, uh, then, yeah, those wounds of the past become healing to you. And let me, when we come back, I've got to share a poem with you named Rags um, and some stories about adopted pets. Because I hear voices that tell me to go to the shelter, and then there's always a creature there that fits right in that I just take home. Absolutely. When we get back right after these messages, more with Dr. Bernie Siegel. Love, animals, and miracles. More to come right after this. I don't want to date anymore. What? Did you break up again? You said he's perfect. Well... I don't blame you. My last date lasted two minutes at a speed dating event. Are you still looking for the one? There are millions of singles looking for soulmates. Actually, drama-free love. Worry no more. Nine international relationship experts collaborated to bring you secrets to drama-free love. Proven solutions that singles use to help them find, catch, and keep the right relationship. Get your copy of Secrets to Drama-Free Love at Amazon.com now. We've ordered No More Love Life Drama for Us. Shh, over here. Here's a secret for a virus-free computer. ESET, they've been a pioneer in the antivirus industry for over 25 years. 25 years of innovative, top-rated antivirus protection. ESET's award-winning security solutions provide a safe online experience for over 100 million home and business computer owners. They are so affordable, fast, and simple to use. So be gone, you blue screen of death. ESET's on my computer. If it's not on yours, visit HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click on ESET now. Did you know that in seven minutes you might save $522 on car insurance? Well, this makes sense. Since 21st Century Insurance's company's website has been rated number one in responsiveness by Keynote. Serving customers since 1958, 21st Century Insurance has a 24-7 online policy and claim service. You can get a quote fast and easy, so get your quote by visiting HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click right on the 21st Century Insurance banner. More exhilarating talk. HealthyLife.net. 
All right, everybody, welcome back to Mary Ann Live. Dr. Bernie Siegel, he's gathered stories from people across America, Britain, and Europe. Uh, moving stories, surprising stories, healing stories about animals and, and the way they love us and the miracles that occur between uh, the, all sentient beings. And, Dr. Bernie, you said you had a poem you wanted to read for us. Yeah, I mean, first you had asked about the consciousness. Yeah. In the book, there's stories by Amelia Kincaid, who's an animal intuitive. And again, I say to people, live by your experience, not your belief. Because when I met her in California at a non-kill conference for the ASPCA, I said to her, why are you here? She said, I'm an animal intuitive. And I thought, lady, you're nuts. You talk to animals. <laughs> but twice, while in California and another time while in Africa, she has told me where to find lost pets in Connecticut. And wow. her description is unbelievable. And again, the theme... And the key is, Bernie, quiet your mind, you'll get in the animal's mind. Mm. And I, I have learned to talk mm. to animals mm. and find them, you know, where they are, rather than screaming their name and running around. And it's uh, just amazing. No, it actually When works. I said I go to the animal shelter when I get a message, I wrote a book, Buddy's Candle. You know, I mentioned that. Mm -hmm. I went out for a walk with a dog that we had named Furphy, because he had so much fur. That's what my wife named him. And I heard a voice say, go to the animal shelter. So we get in the car, and I go down there. I walk into the shelter. There's a dog sitting by the door. What pops out of my mouth? What's his name? They said, his name is Buddy. He's been here less than 15 minutes. I said, I'm here to take him home. I didn't ask him a thing about him, because people brought him in because his behavior is terrible, blah, blah. I just took him home. On the way home, he jumped out of the car when I stopped for gas, and... We had a hell of a time getting him back into, you know, catching him and putting him back in the car. But again, we get home. I pull into our carport, and I got out of the car, and I looked at him. And in my head, I said, why did you behave like that? And he said, and believe me, when I hear this answer, I know I'm not making anything up. Yep. He said, I belong to a couple. The husband is an alcoholic. The wife was nice. But when the husband came home, she would ask her husband to take me for a walk he would put me in the car go down to the local bar and go in there and drink and then he would abuse me on the way home and I don't ever want to be in a car I said I'd never treat you that way and I know he's speaking the truth because what I noticed was if you said to him come here he would back up if you picked up a broom or a stick when you're out taking a walk he would cringe you're going to beat me and you know, I learned. So I promised him I would never treat you that way. Two weeks later, I come out of stop and shop. The car door is wide open due to my hitting the button when I put it in my pocket. Mm -hmm. uh, he was sitting in an open car waiting for me. <laughs> Our other dog, Furphy, <laughs> uh, I, I began to yell, you know, thinking, Furphy, where are you? And then I hear Amelia saying, Bernie, quiet your mind. Oh, okay. And I knew he was in Stop and Shop looking for me. So I went into Stop and Shop, and there he was with the security guard. Mm. You know, he said, yeah, your dog here. <laughs> but, I mean, that's the part that impresses me, that you do communicate at that other level. Yeah. So, you know, and, and the lessons that they teach us. Yeah. Uh, but let me, I mentioned that poem, Rags. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we have a dog now that I name Rags. Again, I went down to the shelter, and... It's so often that when I say, 
you know, I'm here, they say, oh, there's this dog we just bought in 15 minutes ago. And there was one named Brady, which is my name in Irish. Say Bernie Brady. So I said, I'll take him home. And I did. But he was so big and powerful and strong, it was just too much to manage with all our other pets. So I brought him back, found him another home. But when I brought him back, there's this little thing looking up at me. I said, okay, I'll take him home. I mean, I could just, it was like heart to heart. Mm. And I named him after a poem called Rags that everybody ought to read. But let me read you the first and last paragraphs. We called him Rags. He was just a cur, but twice on the western line, that little old bunch of faithful fur had offered his life for mine. And the soldier goes on to talk about him and then saying, you know, that at the time of discharge, he wanted to take the dog home with him, but he couldn't find him. And then he goes back to medical school, and that's why this broke my heart, my experience. Mm -hmm. One day they took us budding MDs to one of those institutes where they demonstrate every new disease by means of bisected brutes. They had one animal tacked and tied and split like a full-dressed fish with his vitals pumping away inside as pleasant as one might wish. I stopped to look like the rest, of course, and the B-size leveled mine. His short tail thumped with a feeble force, and he uttered a tender whine. It was Rags, who was martyred there, quartered and crucified. And he whined that whine, which is doggish prayer, and he licked my hand and died. And the last paragraph is, and if there's no heaven for love like that, for such four-legged fealty, well, if I have any choice, I'll tell you flat, I'll take my chance in hell. And that's something I learned from our pets, because as a surgeon, I did surgery on them. You know, when a vet did something, I would take care of them at home and take care of their wounds. And I realized they would turn and lick my hand when I was hurting them. And I thought, wow, they could take a bite out of my finger, you know. Mm -hmm. But instead, they turned their head and lick my hand. Mm -hmm. And uh, that would break my heart, mm -hmm. you know, because they're just so sweet and gentle. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know many people who would ever, you know, act that way. But the animals are such teachers. Mm -hmm. And um, one more, a couple of lines. Lord Byron had a dog named Boatswain. These are the ends of the lines he put on a monument to the dog. Ye who perchance behold this simple urn, pass on, it honors none you wish to mourn. To mark a friend's remains, these stones arise. I never knew but one, and here he lies. And it's just this beautiful description, say, of a dog mm -hmm. and what he was like and his love mm -hmm. and something that Lord Byron says people can't achieve. And it's so true so often. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, I tell people, you want to act like a dog. You know, yeah. WWLD, what would Lassie do? That's and right. then you'll make the right choices. When we come back after the break, let's talk more about some of the ways that dogs model for us things like being nonjudgmental mm -hmm. and, and other um, kind of attributes that we want to cultivate that the animal is uh, really unabashedly sharing with us, maybe right under our noses when we get back right here, Miriam. Okay. Don't touch that dial. Dr. Bernie Siegel's with us. Get a copy of his new book, Love, Animals, and Miracles, online. Let your fingers do the walk, and we'll be back in just a minute.
I don't want to date anymore. What? Did you break up again? You said he's perfect. Well, I don't blame you. My last date lasted two minutes at a speed dating event. Are you still looking for the one? There are millions of singles looking for soulmates. Actually, drama-free love. Worry no more. Nine international relationship experts collaborated to bring you secrets to drama-free love. Proven solutions that singles use to help them find, catch, and keep the right relationship. Get your copy of Secrets to Drama-Free Love at Amazon.com now. We ordered no, no more love, love life drama, drama for us. MarianneLive.com is where you can go to keep up to date with what and where relationship expert, author, and radio host Marianne Camarado is appearing next. Besides Marianne's three radio shows weekdays on HealthyLife.net, you can find out details about upcoming or ongoing seminars and workshops. How about information for ordering copies of books or DVDs? That's also available at MarianneLive.com. Find out about core certification, certificate of responsible relationships www.marianlive.com core certification learning tools to attract build and sustain great relationships also sign up for Marianne's newsletter to be informed about upcoming events and possible workshops or speaking engagements in the northern california area www.marianlive.com what does HealthyLife.net and Amazon.com have in common? Well, they're both available on the Internet. They both give great value. But most important, most of our positive program hosts and guests are accomplished authors. And their books are available from, you got it, Amazon.com. Now it even gets better than that. Because when you're listening on air to a HealthyLife.net host or guest, you can go directly to Amazon.com and you can order your book while you're still listening to your favorite HealthyLife.net program. So when you hear an author you like, go to the homepage of HealthyLife.net and click on Amazon.com. HealthyLife.net, the positive radio network. Do you just love snuggly animals and they love you back and they create miracles and stories and they're our friends and they're our faithful companions and they teach us lessons, yes. they help us heal, they perform miracles. What the heck? And now they're even role models for for spiritual behavior, Bernie. <laughs> no, they're, they're, yeah, they're a lot smarter than we believe because we rescued uh, two rabbits, and I wrote a book called Smudge Bunny, but there was a black and a white one that were running around in the woods. They must have escaped from somebody's house. So we cat caught them in a have-a-heart trap. And then, of course, I do research and find out there's a house rabbit society, and so they became pets like cats in the house, all running loose. And I used to love it. <clears throat> How smart, because this one smudge would jump on the sofa, take a book out of my hands that I was reading, and throw it on the floor. <laughs> and I knew she was saying, rub my stomach, never mind the damn book, you know. Um, I just loved her. Aww. But when I thought they knew each other, they hadn't been together enough. And I stepped out of the house for a few minutes, and the dog, Furphy, grabbed... Um, Smudge and shook her like a stuffed animal, so she had wounds. And she was the one who would, one of the ones who would lick my hand when I would take care of her wounds. But two weeks later, every evening, you know, when it got to be dusk, I would go out to bring Smudge in, and she would run around the yard and drive me crazy. And I finally one night stood there, thinking of Amelia's message, and quietly said in my head, "Why do you do this?" And she said. You don't treat the cats that way. 
I thought, what? What are you talking about? And she said, you let the cat stay out in the evening. I said, yeah, because you're a rabbit. If something jumped the fence, you can't protect yourself the way the cats can. After that, she would let me pick her up every evening. It was really interesting. But one evening, I went out about two weeks after the accident happened with Furphy, and I couldn't find her anywhere. I'm yelling, smudge, 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 nothing. And Furphy was lying in the yard, so I walked over to pet him. And what do I notice? Lying under his back, hidden by the fur, was smudge. That impressed the hell out of me, that the two of them were now family. He was hiding her, so I couldn't bring her in. And, And she wasn't upset, you know, look what you did to me, you terrible dog. They were, you know, best friends and family. And it just taught me about forgiveness, you know, that if we could, again, let animals be our role model, what a nice world this would be. Um, you know, it's the yeah. biblical message. And See, animals are complete. That's the word I love. Man is not. So our actions are meaningful because we're not complete. But on the other hand, we do a lot more damage. Uh, than animals do because they have that mm-hmm. sense of completeness mm-hmm. and know how to behave. Mm-hmm. Well, do you know the idea of, uh, we talked right before we went to the break about one of the things that animals could teach us was non-judgment. Mm-hmm. And w- really early on in the show we were talking about that, you know, as a culture of humans, we really need to reparent ourselves, right. right? That we're harsh on ourselves, especially if we weren't brought up with a lot of love. But this idea of non-judgment or unconditional love, I think, is a, is a really critical component. Talk to us a little bit about how our animals it, are modeling that for us. Well, it, you know, I always say that dog Furphy I mentioned, the neighbors had some really horrible dogs, and they had an electric fence, and our dogs crossed the line because they don't know it's an electric fence. I mean, we're in the woods, and their dogs attacked our dogs, and Furphy lost an eye. I mean, his tail had been bitten off. I mean, he was uh, a horror. And yet, once he healed and was home again, I always said, look, he doesn't stand in front of the mirror and say, look, I don't have an eye, you know. I mean, you don't have dogs with three legs saying, oh, I don't have a leg. I can't go out in public. What are people going to think of me? And yet, what do people say? You know, I can't go out. I'm embarrassed by how I look. No, they, they, they're complete, you know, and, and so they're the example to us. Mm-hmm. And it's wonderful when people have a disability that they learn from the pets, you know. Mm-hmm. Instead of a disability, it's an ability, mm-hmm. you know, something to overcome and to show people what you're capable of. Mm-hmm. So you don't look in the mirror and see what's wrong. You look in the mirror and see what's right. And that you are, as you were talking about before, you're grateful. You wake up in the morning, hey, I woke up today, it's a good day. Yeah, and, and you, don't, you, you know, when you speak up, too, because um, Rags is lying behind me. He knows I'm busy, and yeah. you don't interrupt, you know, yeah. he's on the phone. Yeah. But on the other hand, if we get in the car and I stop and he wants to go for a walk, he makes noise. You know, yeah. don't leave me in the car. <laughs> and uh, Furphy, uh, he used to drive me nuts. He would almost take over the wheel because if we drive past a field where there are paths in our town to walk, he would try to turn the wheel to make me go there, not to go shopping. We want to go for a walk. And I would just love it, you know, that, that again, they're reading your mind. They know when it's okay to speak up. 
and that we do that. You know, we, we have our identity. We're not judging each other, and to live in that way. What, one uh, one of the stories you talked about was about an animal dream, because you know, animals come oh, yeah. come to us in the dream realm. Tell us that story really quick, because not everybody has animals, but but we're all well. That, you by mean that. my personal dream? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, because I mean one. Well, let me tell you more than one. I mean, one, a woman with cancer had a dream in which a cat appeared, said, my name is Miracle, and told her how to treat her cancer. That's right. And that saved her life. And, of course, we named the cat Miracle that one of our kids brought home. But then one night, I had a dream in which this iridescent, beautiful cat appeared. And I thought her name was Diamond, D-I-A-M-O-N-D, because of how beautiful she looked. But... Nobody was pronouncing the D at the end of it. And I went to talk to a therapist because of some dreams I'd had, James Hillman. And I said, the cat, Diamond, appeared. He said, Bernie, it's not a diamond. It's D-A-I-M-O-N. It was your spirit. And, boy, when he explained some of those things to me, you know, he said, go home and talk to that cat again. Um, And those are things, you know, people have shared when that animal appears. It's you, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. It's that component, yeah. Of, you, of James who Hillman. You are. James Hillman said that to you. Yeah. You talked to James Hillman. Yeah. See, again, no coincidences. <laughs> I was reading a, um, several magazines. His name appeared in three um, of the articles, and I thought, well, obviously, I'm being told to talk to him. Yes. <laughs> so I called him up, and he's in Connecticut, and he's. Oh, and beautiful. oh, he is so he's yeah. so brilliant. In yeah. a couple of minutes, I mean, he straightened out oh. everything from my past life to you name That's it. Right. To the all cat. of the animals. All right, everybody, sit tight. We'll be back for our wrap right after these messages with Dr. Bernie Siegel right here on Marion Live. I'm relationship expert and radio talk show host, Marianne Camarado. And I'm David Raynaud. We want to talk to you for a minute about the changing world of dating and relationships and how self-inquiry can help. Honey, did you know that 44% of the U.S. population is single and over 50% end in divorce? Yet, we spend an average of one-third of our lives trying to find a great relationship or get help with the ones we already have. Yep, that's exactly why we created the first ever of its kind, the Great Relationships Begin Within Self-Inquiry Divination Deck, because we know what it takes to attract and create a healthy, fulfilling, sustainable relationship. And it's really simple. Sit quietly, close your eyes, turn your attention inward, and draw a card. You can go online right now and get a free reading on Marianne Live and try out the cards. And for under $20, what better way to give yourself a gift of your own attention? We wish you every blessing. We'll see you next time. Check out MarianneLive.com. To be a good father is the most important job in a man's life. But it doesn't have to be hard. Play catch. Go to a park or visit a zoo. Help your child with their homework. Sit down together for dinner. Ask them how their day was. Things get busy, and sometimes we all fall short. But the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Learn more at one eight seven seven for dad 411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Stuff, stuff, stuff. Where can I contain all of my stuff? Hmm, how about this? The Container Store, the original storage and organization store. 
and I found their link on the HealthyLife.net advertiser page. They have containers for everything, including the kitchen, the bathroom, trash and recycling, traveling, spring cleaning, and dorm rooms. Just about everything you can think of to contain your stuff. The Container Store, right on the HealthyLife.net advertiser page. HealthyLife.net, where positive overcomes negative. All right, everybody, welcome back. Dr. Bernie Siegel, parting words real quick for folks. We're so glad to have had you here, and thanks so much for being with us today. What do we want to say? What do we want to leave folks with? Well, let them know they can get in touch with me through Bernie Siegel, S-I-E-G-E-L-M-D.com. I mean, there are things to read there, learn there, and you can email me if you want to be in touch with me. Beautiful. Thank you so much, everybody. Don't worry if you can't find a pen. Check us out at MarianLive.com. You know where to find us. We'll let you know how to connect with Dr. Bernie Siegel. And, again, get a copy of his new book, Love, Animals, and Miracles. Thanks again, Dr. Bernie. Okay. Yeah, the books are available through the website, too. Oh, beautiful. Wonderful, everybody. You sit tight. And next week, same time, same place, Andrew Fast, The Bully's Trap. That's what we're going to be talking about right here on Marian Live. We wish you every blessing. And, hey, last part of our practice, go do something for somebody else today. Don't let them know you did it. Do something real. That's right. Thanks, Marianne. Thank you, Bernie. Love everybody. See you next time. Take good care.